Grace Gospel Worship Center online and tonight. May the Lord richly bless you. Um, my wife's aunt had a bad fall on Sunday almost now. We put it out. I think it's almost been two weeks now. Come this Sunday, it'll be two weeks. And she broke her femur. That's Evie Gardner. Just remember her in prayer. Um, she's in her 80s. So we want God to move. And a friend of mine that moved from here, moved down into Myrtle Beach, got COVID. They just told him today it'd be by, they hope he'll be off oxygen in the next three months. Um, he's still on it. They say his lungs were damaged from it. So um, I, I believe God's a healer. Yeah. Amen. And we want to remember Sister Colleen again. I know Brother Aaron, I had mentioned, you know, let's just remember everybody. Um, and let's remember Mother McNeil, yeah. that God would move and intervene in her behalf. Amen? Um, I don't think the Lord wants me to talk about what I'm going to talk about tonight. We ask you to forgive us for our late start. Uh, something was going on with our online, coming online. And so, anyway, uh, I want And so... Uh, either the devil didn't want us to talk about this. My notes wouldn't uh, wouldn't uh, download on my iPad, and so I printed them out just for backup. And then all of a sudden, my my iPad, iPad started working. Sound streaming is all working. Okay, we're gonna try this again. Let's see. Move this around. Um, all right, we're going to try to get started. Welcome to Grace Gospel, once again, online and in the house. I'm, I'm, we're going to talk about insecurity. Uh, we know that uncertainty of ang or anxiety about oneself and lack of confidence can have the, the uh, definition of uh, insecurity, the state of being open to danger or threat, lack of protection. So we're going to take our scripture out of Hebrews 12.1. I want to remind you that Sunday is Easter Sunday. We have worked to put together a program for Sunday. Um, I feel like it's going to be a great time in the Lord. It's different than what we've ever done before. and uh, but, but I encourage you, it will be a walk from the time that the Lord all the way up to the crucifixion. And so we want you to come and fellowship with us, be with us uh, in our service on Easter. The Bible says, in, Wherefore, seeing we, are, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. 
I'm going to talk to you about lay, lay aside the weight of insecurity. Amen. And you may be seated in Jesus' name. So I ask you, where does our, our sense of identity come from? Uh, this is the crucial question and the pinnacle of the problem. Where does our identity come from? Many of us take our identity from what the world says we are. Amen. But our identity is who we are regardless of what the world says we are. And in Christ Jesus, that's the one that we should be worrying about more than anything in our life or in the world. So when people are insecure, they can express it in very different ways, uh, depending on their temperament or their values and conditioned habits uh, all, are all often will shape our uh, uh, shape who we are and our past experiences will shape us, right? And in some insecurity, some insecurity looks like meekness, compliance, and always assuming the blame. In others, it looks like bravado, defiance, and never admitting that they're wrong. In one person, insecurity moves them to avoid attention if at all possible. In another, it moves them to demand as much, as, as much attention as possible. Okay? We're all familiar with insecurity, but what's making us feel this way and how do we get free from it? I'm glad you asked. Insecurity is a form of fear, and God does mean for certain things, we should have some kind of fear, right? And it should be about the things of the Lord. How we act, how we talk, who we hang out with. We should be uh, sure that we are walking in God's plan, okay? If we walk out on someone's second story deck and notice the wood is rottening, we should feel insecure. You agree? If we live or work with someone who's dishonest or abusive, we should feel insecure. If we're riding in a military convoy along a lonely Afghan road through Taliban territory, we should feel insecure. When we first come under conviction of sin and realize we're under God's wrath because we're not reconciled to him through Christ, we should feel insecure. If I've not made my calling and my election sure, I should feel insecure. If there's sin in my life, I should certainly feel insecure about whether I will make it into the kingdom of God or will I not make it into the kingdom of God. Feeling the weight of your weaknesses and failures. That's what we feel. We feel weaknesses and failures. When we're not connected to the Lord, when we're not fellowshipping with the Lord, when we're not communicating with the Lord in prayer and reading the Word of God and coming to the house of God, that's where the feeling of insecurity comes because there becomes a breakdown in our relationship, just like it is in the home. If I do not have a relationship with my father, if I do not have a relationship with my mother, if I don't have a relationship with my wife or my children and I do not talk to them, there's a breakdown. Right? If only you come to see me when you need money, there's a problem. You want money, you need to talk to me Monday through Friday. Right? Relationship. It's about 
I, I'm more apt to go in my pocket if you talk to me Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday than I am if you talk to me once a month. And the only time you call me is because you need something. Right? But, but, but with Christ in you, he will make you more secure than you ever dreamed you could possibly be. God designed insecurity as a warning. That's what insecurity is. It's a warning that we are vulnerable to some kind of danger. Okay? But in the current... In, in the current American vernacular, what we typically mean by insecure is not just a circumstantially induced fear, but a fear of re reoccurrent that we refer to it as the state of being. We talk of, of being insecure, or we might say so-and-so is insecure, an insecure person, and what we mean by insecure is feeling a significant lack of self-confidence or a powerful fear of others. Disapproval, the disapproval of others, the rejection of others, uh, or a chaotic sense of uh, impurity. Most people, if you ask them to speak, they have an impurity complex because they, they condition themselves to think that they ought to look like the world tells them how they should look to be able to stand before public. The world tells you that, you know, if you uh, have acne or something like that, you know, you need to use whatever that stuff is now. I forget what it's called, but um, whatever it is. But the bottom line is the world tells us that now we're, you know, the world tells us about our shapes, uh, our hair, how it should be cut and combed. Uh, the world tells you how you, uh, you should present yourself on a stage you know, that you should wear something sleek and, and uh, revealing or, you know, whatever, however they have these men dressing now, pretty different now, but the bottom line is, uh, you know, the world is telling them this is the way you should look. So now if I don't look like what the world says I should look like, it's very difficult for when you ask me to come up here and read or sing or talk to somebody, I feel like, well, you know, my nose is crooked, uh, you know, my, my, maybe my teeth are crooked, maybe my, I got one ear taller than the other, uh, you know, my, I, I got one shoulder up higher than the other, and I can't get in front of people looking like that. The bottom line is when you understand who created you, amen, when you know who your father is, You've got to get to the place that you know who your father is and who you are in Christ Jesus, that you have been made wonderfully, fearfully in his way. It don't matter what the world says you look like. You've got to understand that you're beautiful in God's eyes. Amen. And everything that God has created us to be, we need to be for the kingdom of God. And so, but what are we afraid of? What danger is this kind of insecurity warning us against? It's telling us that our identity is uncertain or it's been threatened. It's our essential self or it's what we want to believe and others to believe is our essential self, even if it's not who we really are. A lot of times, you know, I've watched this commercial where the lady, you know, that has, uh, she's depressed and I'm not making fun of this, so don't take it that way but she's depressed, so she wears a mask, or she puts a, 
a, a, a face of a smiley face in front of hers so you can't really tell that she's not uh, happy, you know, that you can't tell she's depressed. And that's what we do as God's people, honestly. A lot of times we put a happy face on, we come to church, we say I'm fine and not fine, right? It's when we get to the house of God that when I know I got something wrong with self, the devil, see, the devil will take things that I got going through my head and he'll magnify them which creates the insecurity in my life. Like when my, when my notes wouldn't come up on my iPad, when, when my passwords weren't working anymore, there was some insecurity happening because I was going to have to go back to something that I hadn't done in a long time, and that is work with paper, right? So some insecurity crept in. Will I be able to flip them fast enough? Will I be able to stay where, I, where I'm going and get through this, right? And so insecurity will creep in, and the devil will capitalize on that on you. Obviously, COVID has brought a lot of insecurity in me because when we were first shut down, I had a blue tape right here and a blue tape right here, a camera there and a camera there, and I couldn't move past the blue tape here. And so now your Roman, pre, your Roman pastor, uh, and when I say Roman, not Roman, a roaming around the room, R-O-A-M-I-N-G, that likes to get down around the people because a two year or a year and a half or a year, at least a year of preaching with a, 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 a box, thank you, an invisible box, has almost kept me from leaving the pulpit and coming down amongst the people and preaching and, and feel that, right? But, but because I had, you know, every time you would come out of that blue box, there was someone going, you know, and then you're moving back inside the box. Insecurity. Now, I, I don't feel insecure standing up here, but what, it just feels strange not to flow all the time and come on down into the, to the body, right? But, but listen, uh, this is crucial. This is a crucial question, the pinnacle of the problem. How we answer it decides whether or not we will be free from being insecure. And it's not primarily an intellectual answer. We all know that we can know the right answer, but not know the right answer. Right? Have you ever asked somebody a question and they just answer it, thinking it's the right one, and they look at you and they want you to believe it? They're trying to sell it. Because insecurity says, I can't let them know, I really don't know. Right? Insecurity. We answer this question from our heart because our identity is tied into what we really love, what we really want, and what we really believe offers us hope. Right? And so in other words, we always find our identity in God. Wait a minute. Little G God. I'm talking about the little G God. Our little G God may or may not be a God of our creed, of who we really serve, truly who could get us into heaven. There's a lot of little gods going, that's vying for our walk with God, that's trying to sell us 
a, a, a bill of goods that says this is my identity, like, you know, come and go with me and we'll, 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 I'll get you a, a brand spanking new house or I'll, I'll flip a house for you and get it looking just right for you or I'll, I can sell you the best house on the market or I can take you on the best trip, right? They're flipping it. They're trying to, that's when you start serving things and pulling people away. There's little, those little gods are stripping away your spiritual walk. And you're insecure to go, you know what, I have made a mistake. And go, whoa, let me wash my hands of this and back out of this because now I, I, I've gotten so involved with the little God, I don't even know where my big God is. I don't even know how to go back and tell the people I messed up and made a mistake. And oh yeah, by the way, forgive me for pulling you in with me. We may say our God is the Lord, but that may not really be true. Luke 6, 46 says this, And why call ye, call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Right? Isaiah 29, 13 says, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, but have moved their heart far from me and their fear toward me is taught by the precepts of men. Hear me, the healthy fear is, Lord, don't let me sin. If I sin, Lord, let my conscience not be seared to where I can't go, God, forgive me, I just sinned. Right? Because that, that should be a healthy fear for you and I. Right? If I kirk off and fear the bird... I should have a, I sh there should be enough fear in me to go, God, I just messed up. Help me. Please forgive me of that. If I kirk off because God hadn't cleaned my mouth out completely yet and I'm cussing and saying curse, curse words, I ought to be repenting immediately because that is filth coming from the temple of God. And I need to get it right with him. I need to, God, God, forgive me for my mouth. Forgive me for things that I'm saying. Forgive me for my actions, right? And so... You know, what, what I found is, is sometimes the little G takes precedence over the big G. And that's because we've lost sight of who God, the big G God, is in our lives. Our God is the person or thing we believe has the greatest power to determine, and I used little G, to determine who we are, why we're here, and what we should do, and what we're worth. I'm worth whether I have money or not, whether I have uh, clothes on my back. You know how my, I'm, I'm worth so much that he went to that cross for me. And when God's people realize just how much you're worth, that that cross took on your sins and my sins, and then from the cross he went into the grave, and he only stayed there three days and then rose again. That's how much, you're, how much he values you is he died for you and I and gave his life for you and I that we might live. Our God, the little G, is what we can, what can't help but seek and follow because we believe our God's, little God's promises will bring us the greatest happiness. We think money brings us happiness. We think the, the goods that we own brings us happiness. So when we feel insecure because something threatens our sense of identity, it is telling us something about our God. 
that we're serving. This makes insecurity a mercy, a mercy, though it almost never feels like a mercy because you're not coming under the mercy of God when you're following after the little G-gods. Can't get mercy out of little G-gods. Little G-gods are things that you worship. I'm going to make it plain. TVs, cars, homes, right? Jobs. I mean, I know you need to work a job, but if you're worshiping that job and, and, and you're giving it more time than you're giving God, something's wrong. My God said he would supply all my needs. If I'm honest and I do an honest day's work, that's all I need to do. It feels like inadequacy or failure or condemnation a lot of times. It, it weighs us down and makes us feel vulnerable and uncertain. Why do we believe uh, the greatest power to determine, where do we get that determined, the, the greatest power to figure out who we are and what, why we're worth so much? Why do we let the world tell us that our, what our worth is? When our worth is really governed by the Lord, who I serve, right? I, I can honestly say I never, since, I, since I, the Lord brought me out of my lifestyle of, of B.C. before Christ, my life has been better mentally, spiritually, financially, I don't know how, I, I, I'm just telling you. There, there's things that, you know, marriage-wise. I couldn't have that if, I, if God had not brought me out of that mess. And so, if the God of this world is who you're looking for for your worth, you're not going to find your worth. You know why suicide is on a rampage? It's because... People don't know that they're worth so much, that their life matters. They don't feel like they matter. You know why marriages are breaking up? Because they feel like each other don't care for each other. You know why children are running from the Lord? Because they can't fathom that the God, the big G God that we serve, loves them so much that he sent his only begotten son to a cross to die for all their mess. And then after he died on that cross, he went to the grave. I know, I'm, I know I'm hammering the cross, and I know I'm hammering the, hammering the grave. But my, my, my response must be about the insecurity that I, I cannot let the devil dictate about my insecurity, that I've got to let him know and serve him notice. I don't have insecurity. My God, my big G God has made me who I am, and you can't mess with me unless I allow you to mess with me. You can touch anything that I've got as long as God lets you touch it. That's the only reason you get to touch anything of mine. And he will not let you take my life. So, and my fear is not in you. My trust is in the Lord. So, uh, anyway, anyway, so uh, why we try to reduce our exposure to people. A lot of times we'll try to uh, reduce the exposure to people or, or, or a situation that will stir up some things, right, of insecurity. Or we try to satisfy it by seeking various forms of self-affirmation. 
from others or we try to escape into other things, often habit-forming or addictive things that dull or distract our or cause us to fantasize on our identity versus what God has created as an identity for you. Fleeing insecurity is the right idea, but these kinds of avoidances are almost always fleeing in the wrong direction. Or to say it another way, they almost always bring pain to you and I and not cures. They do nothing to address our identity fear. God designed insecurity to be examined in order that we might escape danger. That's why it is a mercy. That's why it's about mercy. That this kind of insecurity is a big G God gauge in our soul. When things start to creep in that create insecurity, you need to already you need to be functioning and praying and seeking the face of God, going, God help me. I'm, I'm, I'm all powerful with you. I can do all things. Quote the scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My God said he would never leave me nor forsake me. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Just continue to quote scripture until, until you start that insecurity going away, right? Uh, you just need to understand that there's a way to uh, dispel the dysfunction of the world and the things that Satan tries to bring into a child of God's mind. It's reporting to us that something is wrong with what we hear God or some other little G telling about who we really are. I can assure you, your big G God will never tell you you're a loser. The big G God will tell you you're a winner. And that you can do all things through me, not me as Alan, Pastor Alan. But through him, Christ Jesus, you can do all things through him. You can overcome. You are an, uh, 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 an overachiever. You are capable of graduating. You are capable of being a song leader. You are capable of being a doorman. You are capable of being a sound operator. You are capable of being a drummer. You are capable of being a singer. You are capable being a... Oh, wait a minute. Here's the one that we really deal with. I can't teach a Bible study. Impurity, insecurity, insecurity. I can't teach a Bible study. Yes, you can. Amen. You know how many beginners started out with not knowing how to teach a Bible study, but by the time they got through 10 of them, they were probably a better Bible study than, it, than they were when they first started. There's exposure, so we hate exposure, which is why we tend to avoid rather than to examine our insecurity. We fear taking a good look at our identity. Very difficult to do a self-evaluation. I just had a friend had to do, a, do an evaluation and do a uh, character report on their self because it was requested. They said, I've never had to do a character report report myself normally someone else does character reports on you but the bottom line is he was requested to do a character report as uneasy as that would be or uh, as much as that would cause insecurity you must if you're asked you need to go ahead and do it right 
Write it up as it is. We know instinctively that nothing good dwells in us. That is in our flesh. The Holy Ghost, yes. Romans 7, 18, For I know that in me, that is my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. And so, and we know that our souls stand naked and exposed to the eyes of him being Christ Jesus, in whom we must give an account to. Hebrews 4.13 says, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Amen. And so the Amplified says, and not a creature exists that is concealed from his sight. That means none of us are hidden. Right? None of us are hidden. Anything we do in the dark, he sees it. From his sight. But all things are open and exposed and revealed to the eyes of him which whom we have to give an account. When God calls you and I home, you will have to give an account for your walk with God. That means sinners have to stand before him. That means you and I have to stand for, before him that have called ourselves children of God, that, that profess the apostolic doctrine of baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of uh, repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And those that are not experienced that will have to stand before him and answer if they've heard those, those repentance, Baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost and have not taken on his name will answer to that. So we still carry the fall-induced instinct to cover our shame in, in front of God and everyone else. And you know that fall is in Genesis 3, 8 through 21. I don't know that I have enough time. I'm going to try. But it says, and they heard the voice of the Lord. This is Adam and Eve. They heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord called, the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And Adam said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. The Lord said, and he said, Who told you? Your insecurity, the devil, came up and told you because your wife sinned and you've sinned. Now you're naked. And the man said, the woman whom thou gavest to me, we always blame somebody else. Instead of going, Lord God, forgive me, I've, I've messed up, i failed. Right? And so the woman, uh, the, the, Adam said, the man said, the woman gave it to, to me and she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. I didn't say no, and the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? Why did you do this? And the woman said, Well, the serpent gave it to me. The serpent helped me and beguiled me and, and told me to eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, above every beast of the field, upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And that's why the snake, that's why I don't play with snakes. Y'all can play with snakes. I'm killing them. If he's in my way, he's dying. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow. I'm going to, 
upon conception, you're going to have a lot of sorrow. You're going to have a lot of pain. But here's what's amazing. All that pain that you go through to bring that child into this world, you seem to forget about it. And you bring another one into the world. And for that short time, there's excruciating pain. And then it's over. And then you, if, if, if you want to bring another child, you're like, yeah, sure. You don't remember any of that pain. Right? That's what that, well, I don't know why that got in there. But anyway, uh, let me move on. Verse 18, thorns. Uh, and unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Uh, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt. That, what he was saying is, I'm no longer giving you the fruit to eat. You're going to till the ground. You're going to plant the seed. You're going to hoe all the weeds and all the, 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 the stuff that garbage that grows up around your tomato plant and all the, the weeds that grow up around your strawberry plants and, and all the weeds that grow up around your cucumber plants and, and all your squash and whatever else we're going to plant in this big garden, right? You're not going to, I'm not supplying it now. You're going to work by the sweat of your brow. So Adam called his wife named Eve because she was the mother of the living unto Adam also, and to his wife did the Lord make coats of skins. Why? Because they had sinned. There was bloodshed. And that is why the, the precious Lamb of God that went to a cross for your sins and my sins that was shed on Calvary is what gives us our identity and brings us out of insecurity and into his power, his authority to be great achievers. But believe it or not, insecurity is not only a warning, it is also an invitation when we feel insecure, God is inviting us to escape the danger of false beliefs about who we are and why we're here and what we should do and what we're, what we're worth and to find peaceful refuge in what he says about all these things. So the more we understand the gospel of Jesus Christ, the more we find it is the end of insecurity, not the perfect end in, in this age, but the increasing and ultimate end. Have we sinned and sinned greatly in Christ? We have redemption. If you have, you have redemption through Jesus Christ. Colossians 1.14 says, In whom we have redemption through what? His blood, even the forgiveness of our sins. So that's why we talk about when uh, insecurities come in, and, and the devil is telling you and getting in your ear, you need to rebuke him, send him back to the pits of hell, and then ask God to forgive you for whatever this insecurity that the devil's plugging into your mind, that you're allowing him to plug in your mind and say, God, that's not the way you created me. You created me a conqueror. You created me as a giant slayer. Right? So do we feel like orphans, strangers, and aliens? In Christ, we have been adopted by God. If you feel like that, something's wrong. Because in Christ, you've been adopted to be his children and, and are now members of the household and the heirs, Ephesians 1.5, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. My goodness. 
to understand that you have already been adopted into Christ Jesus, being your Abba Father. Amen. That he left here and went to heaven and created the streets of glory, the walls of Jasper, walls of Jasper, streets of gold. And you and I get to go there because my Father has prepared that for me. Know who you are. Ephesians 2.19 says, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. My God, what a... When we were, when we were in the world, we were, you know, we were jumping up and down. But now to know that I'm a fellow, I'm no longer a stranger. I'm a child of the king. Romans 8, 17 said, and if children then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so, be that we suffer with him that we may be also glorified together with him. Amen. I want to be glorified with him. Do we feel like miserable failures? Sometimes. Insecurity will make you feel like that. But in Christ, almost incredibly, every failure, sometimes, Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. You never say this in a funeral. Uh, inevitably, I've heard people say this in funerals, and that is not the time to use that scripture. You know? I don't understand why God put that scripture in there, but obviously that scripture's in there because there's things that we're going to go through that will ultimately work for his good. Right? He let me go down a road that was a messed up road, but it worked for my good. At the time that I almost OD'd and died, I could, if you would ask me, what good is this going to come out of this? I'd have said, I don't know. Huh? I don't know how anything good could come out of this. I'm dying. And I'm going to hell because I knew where I was going. Right? So how could anything good come out of that? But he reached down and stopped the death so that something good come, could come from that. And when he stopped it, he rationally put in my brain, not immediately, but, but at, during that process of deliverance and redeeming, there was, a, there was something that went through my mind that said, no more am I going to do drugs anymore. Oh, God, I need your help. No more am I going to drink alcohol anymore. No more am I going to be unfaithful. No more. I'm going to be a good dad. I'm not going to be a bad dad. I'm going to be a great father. I'm not going to be a poor father. I'm going to be involved in my children. And if it hadn't been for God, I wouldn't do all that. So do we feel weak and inadequate? Sometimes we do. But in Christ, God loves to choose the weak and foolish things because when we are weak, what's he promised? That his grace will be sufficient for us so that we can learn to boast in, the weak, in our weaknesses. 1 Corinthians 1, 27, uh, 27 through 31. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according 
as it is written, he that glorifieth or glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Everything that you testify, this is why testifying and testimonies are so important. Everything you say or you testify by ought to be given him glory. Right? I couldn't have delivered myself off of drugs. I didn't have the ability to, to generate $250,000 a year in the sales field, but God did. Right? Nobody wants to, you got to understand, any talent that I got, he gave me. And I let everybody know the talent that I got, he gave me. Amen? Because I never made that kind of money, and you don't, you know, you just don't normally not have a, uh, college education and make $250,000 a year. Right? And then I give him glory to take me from a $250,000 job a year and bring me as a shepherd. That this board knows that does not generate $250,000 a year. And yet I'm still taken care of. I give him glory. I've never been hungry. I've never been delinquent on any bills. I've never been behind on my bills. I might, it took me a little while to get adjusted to the financial change in my, my, my uh, salary. But after God got me into the swing of things of being a good steward of my finances and I got all my bill collectors in order, God took me to levels that I never thought I could go. But when you know who brought you to where you are, you don't say, oh, I, I, I brought myself here. <laughs> you know, I, I, the house I got and, you know, the money I make, that's, that, that's because I, I did all the work. No, you know, the only reason you could go to work is because God let you get up. And even if you weren't serving God, he still lets you get up. That's why you make what you make. Because he chose not to take your light out at that point. You still, I don't care where you get your work ethic, it comes from him. Amen? I don't know why I'm off on that. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, insecurities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Listen, insecurities, you need to kick it to the curb. Boom. You don't belong in this temple. This is God's temple. And God's grace is sufficient. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then you are strong. Do we feel insignificant and unimportant? A lot of people feel that way. In Christ, we, we, we were chosen by God who purposely assigned us a unique and needed function in his body. You know why we are here and why we work in the kingdom of God? Because God chose you. I hear a lot of people say, well, I chose God. No, God, you didn't choose God. You might think you chose God, but God let something bring you to him. And then he did the work in you and through you, right? In John, John 15, 16, you have not chosen me, he said. 
but I have chosen you and I and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain not just start growing vegetables not start being a, a witness and a soul winner and then stop we're always to be producing fruit and so and it should remain that whatsoever ye shall ask of the father in his name Jesus's name he may give it you first Corinthians 12 18 says and I'm coming to a close first uh, um, Corinthians 12 18 says but now hath God set the members every one of them in the body as a as it hath pleased him Christ is now our identity that's who we all to identify with is Christ right. right and there's gonna be a day that you'll be challenged of whether or not you are have an identity of Christ or are you just one of them oh yeah it's coming and if you can't stand and say yes I'm a child of God I'm a Christ follower I love Jesus and I love the death burial and resurrection and let me tell you before you take my life if it had not been for the death burial and resurrection there would be no ability to repent there would be no ability to get baptized in Jesus name nor would there be any ability to receive the comforter which is the Holy Spirit that he had to go so that it might come and free you so when you kill me I'm gonna give you the gospel of Jesus Christ in the old and in the new I'm gonna bring it out in Christ we are born again and become a new person which is why in the coming age he will give us a new name we know that born again is repentance and I've said that repentance baptism in Jesus name filled with the Holy Spirit as it gives utterance as with that in an unknown language revelations 217 says this he that hath an ear let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna and will give him a white stone watch this and in the stone there will be a new name written which no man knoweth saving he that receiveth it again so much more could be said there but lay aside the weight but if those promises are not satisfying to us if we need other people's approval to feel validated it, it, something's happening if we find criticism or rejection and de debilitating causing us to be de to de debilitate us if we see a pattern of regular disobeying Christ because we're trying to escape or demand attention or if we are caught in habitual or addictive sins through which we seek relief from our fears then our insecurity is telling us we have an idle problem there's an idle problem we have a false God that needs to be knocked down because his sin has started bringing a weight against us Hebrews 12 1 says wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so, so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight this is why I say it's so important for us to pray for our elders because they've come through some storms some are still in storms 
and still staying steadfast, still honoring God. In pain, they still, they still raise their hands and prayed. Still in pain, they're, they're still giving God glory. My elders is who I look up to besides Christ. Amen. My insecurities, if they, if they stuck it out, I know that if they stick it out, I can make it. There's got to be hope. There's hope in seeing them stay in the course. There's hope in seeing our elders continue to fight the good fight of faith. There's hope in seeing our elders that get up every Sunday morning, even though the body says, ah, you should just lay down. That arthritis is trying to kick in again. And they go, well, despite the arthritis, I'm coming to the house of God. The Bible says, are so compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin with which doth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I don't know if any of you watched the Olympic, Olympics, but I didn't really watch a lot this past year, but the, in the Olympics I've watched the runners, the uh, triathlon. The triathlon. They're running in lanes. And when that woman or that man is running, they've got one thing on their mind, I'm going to finish this race. Let's stumble. They get back up and they get running again. They're not stopping. And that's the way God's people need to be. Though you have fallen, get back up and get back in the race. I'm running for Jesus. I'm going to make this. I'm going to win. I might come in 10th, but I'm going to make it. One way or another, I'm coming into the finish line. Though I can hear the announcer saying, Lane 4 just fell. She's not going to be able to get, look at the blood pouring out of her knees and her arms. And she, I don't think she can get, but oh, oh, my goodness, I see endurance. I, I see, I see a mind that's made up. I see lane four. Look at her. She's coming back up to the sixth way, uh, sixth place. She's moving into third. No way. She fell. How could she be in second place? Insecurity almost never feels like a mercy from God, but it's often saying something we desperately need to hear. Avoiding it will not free us from it. God wants us to examine it, even though we fear doing so. But we must listen to the fears. Because the fears don't tell the truth. We come to Jesus with our sin, desiring to repent. He says to us, John 8, 10, and 2 Corinthians 5, 21. I'm not going to read them, but you can. Basically, he's saying, I will not condemn you, for I was condemned for you. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, come to me, and I will give you rest. Psalms 103, 17 says, I will love you forever. And unfailingly. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says this I will fill you with peace that surpasses all understanding. I will make you more secure than you have ever dreamed in Psalms 27, 5, Psalms 40 and 2. There is an end to insecurity and all the fleshly striving 
that this flesh strives to produce. It ends in Jesus. It ends in Jesus. Let us bring all our insecurities to him in exchange and take his light burden of grace in Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 through 30. It says this, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am weak and lowly in heart and you shall find me. Please stand. And you shall find rest, I'm sorry, find rest under your souls. 34, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Kick insecurities to the curb. Don't let them define, don't let the insecurities define who you really are. You're a major giant slayer. You're a major winner. Nothing can destroy you or take you down. I know the earthly vessel sometimes seems weak, but spiritually you are powerful at tearing down and bringing down strongholds. Rebuking darkness, demonic spirits that come into your atmosphere, you're able to whisk them away, stiff arm them, stop them in Jesus' name. And we all battle insecurities. When I, what I have said to you tonight, I'm saying to myself. Because if the devil can bring insecurities in me, I know what he can bring into everyone else. Because I'm no different than you. The title means nothing. Doesn't mean that I'm more spiritual than you. I'm still flesh. My, I remember... Elder Sister Wetterskull would say, if it wasn't for this stinking flesh, and she'd pinch her skin. You know, you got to crucify this flesh every day. Every day. Well, I pray a blessing on you today. I pray that something was said that will encourage you. Maybe you haven't experienced any insecurities. Maybe I'm wrong. But insecurities have come my way. And I've had to deal with them. People can say things that will bring insecurities against you. I want you to know that. But through God's grace and mercy, he'll bring you through it. His word will bring you through it. Just know he will bring you through it. Be encouraged. God bless you. Uh, I, I pray blessings on the congregation. I'm going to pray, but... and and. Brother Aaron will dismiss in, in song, but I'm going to pray for you before I step down uh, that God's hand be upon you. And any insecurities that you have felt or have had, that God will take these scriptures and help you to put them to flight, to hell, and take on the power and the glory of the Holy Ghost. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for allowing us to be together tonight. We thank you for bringing us together God, to, uh, to hear your word tonight. Your scripture has said that you are for us and not against us. God, you said that we are capable of being loved by you. You're forgiven by you, Lord God, that any insecurities and, and, and infirmities, anything that hinders us from being what you have called us to be as a disciple of yours. God, we rebuke them and send them out to the pits of hell. 
in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we release the Holy Ghost to give us the mind that stays strong on you and your word, focused on the last and these last days, whatever that last day looks like, and however long this last day is. I pray many blessings on your people that have been online, those that have been in the house of the Lord, and I pray, God, you touch us, strengthen us in our walk with you, God, and I just, I pray blessings on your people today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Worship with us as Aaron plays our worship song, and you'll be dismissed as soon as song service is over. God bless you. Bye.